today I have a, a special guest, one of the invisible, he's a great man, good friend, so comfortable. What a pleasure to have you here at the Invisible Shows. Thank you very much for accepting my invitation, my friend. Thank you, Gilberto. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to see your fantastic smile, you know, <laughs> always <laughs> looking at life in the best possible way. So um, thank you for that lovely introduction. Ah, this is great, my friend. It's great to have you here, you know. Step by step, I'm bringing some of the, of the Invisible as well to, to be part and to have a good conversation. As uh, you said about me, you always have a very good smile, very positive way of see life. It's very, very important, special at the moment we are. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Because now, I think people back in the days didn't really understand the being positive, being happy, being kind of working hard, but enjoying working hard at the same time. A lot of people took it for granted. And now positivity is key for people's mental ability, you know, the well-being, the outlook in life, even though it's tough, you know, you have to be positive. And, you know, you and me and there's several others at Arsenal have always been positive, even though we've had ups and downs in the past. We're positive people, you know, and that's, uh, that's a beautiful thing to have, the positivity flow through your every single part of your body. And your soul and your spirit. That is very important you know, to uh, to live life. For us, it's not, uh, for players, you know, now doing different stuff in our life, but uh, you know, we work out in the past and being positive, even though when things were not good enough, when we lose a game and try to you know, get back because you don't have time to <laughs> to cry, you don't have time to not uh, to feel sorry for yourself. We have to move on. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. I, I was just looking back of, um, you know, let me make some research for so, you know, I have my curiosity. But I'm not, you know, it's, it's, it's great to, to see here. So we have, like, if it's the information is right, we have 73 games for, for England oh. and uh, 504 professional games. Yeah, Premier League games, yeah. Point is, you now for me, looking here of uh, the number of games you have, uh, the title, important titles you have in your career, and uh, apart from the, the, the good thing I know, the, the good person you are, but I want to go back in time, you know. How does it start? How so comfortable was <laughs> a kid, you know, uh, looking back in his past, you know? Um, so... I'm from a poor background, working class background, maybe not as poor as some of the places in, in Brazil, but, you know, poor enough. Nine brothers, two sisters. Uh, I'm the last one. I'm the baby. Brought up in Stratford, Plaston, East London. I'm a street footballer. I used to play football on the streets. I, that's where I learned most of my, my kind of early day football is on the street or over the park or jumping over the gates after school. Uh, and playing football there every day until until nighttime, dodging cars going past when I was playing football in the streets. So I learned everything from the streets. I, I was I'm probably one of the last generation of footballers to be truly, truly from the street football. Now I, I don't think you can get that anymore. I don't think it, I don't think it exists in England because they're always stopping people playing football. I think it maybe exists some places, but not like in poor parts of France and Spain, in Italy, in South America. You know, poor parts of those the Eastern Bloc. 
they're still playing football in the street. In England, I don't know, I don't see it. I don't see it anymore. But that's my kind of uh, upbringing, street football. And then obviously from there, my first club was, was West Ham United. I was there as a youngster. I was 11, 12 years old. Left there, had a little bit of break. I went back to school and district football. And then I took, got another trial at Tottenham Hotspur Academy. Was there for a little bit. And then I got into uh, a scholarship. The FA was organising a football scholarship for the best 16 guys at 14 years old for two-year scholarship. So I got into that. I spent two years there in Shropshire, away from home, and only came back every three weeks or every five weeks I came back. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about my body. I learned a lot about my technical side in football. I got fitter. I made some good friends there as well. Uh, but also I played international football uh, at a young age. You know, I played uh, at 14, 15 for my country, once in Scandinavia, and then we had another tournament in, uh, in, in, in Switzerland, Switzerland, kind of Italy. So, you know, and then after that, I went back to, you know, came back at 16 and I did a, my apprenticeship uh, with Tottenham and, and the rest is, uh, is history. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very interesting to listen to you because it's very similar to me as well. Now, back on the street, play football with my, my, my friends, uh, cousins. I, you know, I only have sisters. They didn't play football at that time. <laughs> it's amazing. You now, see the, the comparison. It's very similar. You know, from uh, like you, you know, come from a poor background. Parents they have to work hard and not live apart. But um, now, I think this kind of situation, you know, for us in the past, you know, because we, this is what we had. We have to use here football, you know, as you know, a way of living. Never told to become a football player until I have my first trial. But uh, then, look, listen to you, you know, I, you know, just came back on my mind. Oh. The same pathway that oh. uh, you did, I did very similar. You think this, uh, starting this in football, and make you realize how difficult it was to play football when you join your first club, you know, first academy. Now you apprentice and uh, to become what you become, you know, because you have to learn from the streets. People don't mm. sometimes they are not gentle to you. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of a fighter. I see. I'm really strange mix. I'm very aware of what I'm doing. I'm very aware as a young boy. I was very curious as a as a as a young boy growing up, I always wanted to find out what's this, what's that, you know, I always wanted to know. I'm always asking questions. I've always been like that. <laughs> Sometimes too much to my father uh, annoyance. But um, but also, strange that I had that. Then I had street football. But then when I went to Liddyshaw, I had classic classical football. So I had the street football mentality to kind of, you know, work it outside, out of a box. And then the really classic way of harnessing the street with the mix, with the classic football and understanding the rules of the games and the rules of engagement and what you've got to do, where you position, position sense, where you've got to stand on the pitch, you know, the timing of passing, using your left foot and, and practicing on your left foot so you can, you can fashion something out and someone shuts you right down, you go to the left and you still make a good pass. So all those things I started to kind of teach, they, they taught me there, time and time again for two years. So I kind of blended them in together. So for me, it was... It was amazing. And then when you go from there, it gave me a good foundation to kick on. And when you do go into academy football, sometimes when I was growing up, they some of the coaches did not understand you, didn't understand you 
your backgrounds, and in their heads, they have preconceived ideas or stereotypical ideas of certain footballers from certain backgrounds. It wasn't that diversity in thinking back then. Maybe now it's a little bit changed, but back then, they still thought if you were sitting down and, you know, you're lying on the floor in between training sessions, oh, you're lazy. But they don't realize, like, lazy or doesn't really want it. But to me, they didn't understand that was my time or some players' time to kind of relax. And then on the pitch or training or working out, then you see what they can do. It's not worth being kind of uptight and really when you want to kind of relax because you need your mind to relax and then find the balance between relaxing and then back to work. They always thought if you was doing that, you didn't want it. You didn't want to do, uh, want to make it to footballer. There's one thing that one coach said to me when I was at Tottenham, I used to do that, relax in between, chill out, you know, just want to relax. You know, I'm not training here. I'm not training. And then when I went to training, I did my staff training game. And then after in pre-season, just in particular pre-season, I would do more because I knew I had to do more. Knew, uh, I would train a full tra- day training and then I would do like my fitness work again to get fit. But that's all from my literature days where I was kind of last on the list of 16 guys. I was not good at long distance. My sprinting wasn't good. I had a little bit of skill, but I had to work out a lot of things. So I used to do double work all the time. When I left and came back to Tottenham, they still had their mentality of me being this, but no, I've grown so much and understand my body. So when I kind of started to make it, this particular coach came back to me and said, he said, when I was, you know, 1920, he, he, he was still at the club. He said to me, I never I never knew that he was going to make it. He, he thought I was never going to make it because he, he didn't understand that I was doing so much work behind the scenes. But in front of you, you think, oh, he's, he's not doing much. But I am doing much. I'm observing a lot. I'm observing and I'm perfecting and I'm working on my body. I'm working on my skill. I'm going back in my own time. So I would go back to my local park and I'll do all sorts of scenarios. I'll do fitness work. I'll do running. I'll do skill work. After a full day's preseason, I would go, I can't believe where I found the energy from. But I used to do that. And then the next day, back to do preseason with the club. So yeah. they didn't know all the things I was doing behind the scenes. They thought it just happened like that. You know, it reminds me when I... I came to football when I was 16 years old and my first club. And then, then I stayed only five months. I played there. And then we have problems back home, you know, financial uh, situation. My mom was not very, very healthy. I came back to work. Then I went to work on a switch factory. And for two and a half years, I worked there uh, to have family. But I, I still play football and amateur football. Ooh. When I was 19, I came back to the club. And they got me back. And uh, like you, you know, I, I trained in the morning, but in the afternoon I had to go back because I was leaving the training ground facility. And uh, in the afternoon I had to, you know, train double. We finished the training, you know, that time we trained quite very hard, you know, for the Ooh. academy, you know, sometimes like two hours, you know, half hours. We finished the training, I stay on the pitch. Then in the afternoon I had to go on the pitch again. It's like, you know, uh, uh, Try to compensate the time I was to catch up. I had no, no other time, you know. That was my chance, you know. This is what I did. And back then, you know, at the beginning, what was uh, who was people, you know, uh, inspired you? Most influential, influential person, coach, family, friends, or you remember? You no, know someone who really inspired me was, I would say, when I got to Little Show, there was a guy called John Cartwright. He was one of the uh, trainers, the England, uh, England trainers. He 
he got injured very early on. He got injured you know, very early, so he's had to cut his career. And then he went the coaching route. And he was fantastic with innovative ideas about football, about making sure you can play with both feet and understanding the football. You know, he really inspired me. And also, there was a physio there who was with England as well, called Craig Simmons. And he really inspired me. I, I remember one day, he's a, he's a fitness guy. So I remember one day I was, you know, sometimes you need to push me a little bit to keep me going. And I didn't want, I still had my London, East London kind of attitude as well, you know. You need that sometimes, the the grit to kind of keep it going. And he said, I remember I I didn't want to do something, some like some kind of, I don't know, maybe a long distance or whatever or fitness. I can't remember. And he kind of sat me down and said, you've got to do it. You've got to, look, he sat me down and said, Give it a go. Always give it a go. Doesn't matter if you fail. Doesn't matter if you try, you can't do it. At least give it a go. And I went back to my dad. Oh, the, the trainer is moaning to me, blah, blah, blah. We'll give it a go. You know? But then it's actually stuck with me. That actually, it actually stuck with me. He said, whatever you do, like for instance, if you're injured and you're coming back to fitness and you need to do a, I don't know, your team is desperate to get you back in, then you need to do a fitness test. Just give it a go. If you break down, okay, you break down. At least you try. At least show them you try. And back then, it really got my, got my nerves when I was 14 years old. But as time went, it actually stuck with me. And it, it stuck with me for all, all my career. Always give it a go. For me, the attitude and the way to kind of look in a sporting sense, give it a go. If you break down because you're not ready, you're not, you, you, your muscles are not ready, then at least the manager can see that, you know what, he's giving it a go. He's not just staying in the, in the treatment room and not even giving it a go to his 100, 100% fit. He's actually going out when he's maybe 80, 80% fit and trying and pushing himself. And he's, he's there for the team. So it always stayed with me, that type of attitude, that, that never say die attitude and always giving it a go. Oh, it's important because when we have a have a, a chance not to be in this kind of environment is very common. We, we see people relax because they are there. You know, and uh, training session, uh, it's quite impossible to be 100% every day, but sometimes yeah. uh, you are tired, you have a personal issue, but uh, the normal situation, as you said, it had to be the goal. It doesn't matter if you fail, it's part of the process, but yeah. it had to be 100%. Now it's important. In the beginning or during your career, what was uh, you know in football the the most difficult difficulties you face in the process of playing football or at the beginning something you remember? My process uh, I found was being overlooked, being overlooked because people wanted to you know because what, when I was growing up. If you didn't have your parents around you, okay. and you and certain certain kids had their really loud parents and always in the face, the coaches and things like that, I didn't have that. I was on my own. So so for me, I was kind of oh he's okay, and we're gonna listen to those parents because they're in my ear. So they must be the big players and they are the best ones. And I would leave so he's just there on the side and he'll the poor little boy. He'll you know he might make it, he might not make it, but. I got to concentrate on these guys because their parents are really in my face and, and they're the best ones in England or, or potentially the best ones in England. So I was overlooked a lot. I was overlooked when I was at Middleshaw. There was five players at Tottenham. All the rest of the four of them were all signed up. They all got signing on fees. They all lauded to say, oh, these are going to be the next best players for Tottenham. And I was on the side. I was like, yeah, whatever. He's at Liddyshaw. We don't know much about him, but he's, he's, he's playing for Tottenham. And, you know, who cares? He'll come in. And I remember one of my friends who, who played at Arsenal at the time, he said, it, we were doing like, exams and things like school exams, GCSEs, 
and you know, 15 and 16, and we've got lots of exams. And I remember waiting for waiting for the dinner when I was at Little Shore, and he came to me and said, So, let's talk inside you. Yeah. I said, No, they've not come back inside me. He said, Are you are you having a laugh? I said, Yeah, they're not signed me. And he said, But all the other guys have been signed now. I said, Yeah, the, I know they've been signed, but they've not come to me. So for me, it was like always being overlooked. And it's quite funny, the five guys. Out of those five guys, certainly the one who's made it like skyrocket and you know another universe with my what I've done in football. And the other guys, one retired within two years, and another one retired in two years as well. One retired in five years, another one three, four years. There, none of them were really playing beyond 24, 25. But I went skyrocket. But I was overlooked. I was overlooked. And so for me, going forward, I've always had that third one overlooking what I can do because I didn't have someone loud in the background shouting who I was. I thought people would be honourable and just pick you for what you what you can do and what you stand for, your performances, your integrity, things that I thought that was what it's all about, you know, football. That's what I've learned from my mum and father to be kind of, you know, proper and, you know, do things properly and you'll be seen with your hard work. And, and sometimes you wasn't seen with the hard work. So I kind of defaulted, you know, started playing good football and the rust faded but then after a while you can't you can't hide the talent anymore it's very hard as you get older 16 17 18 they can't hide you anymore because it's all to show it's all for show so for me one of the things that i feel felt is over my career is being overlooked my talent being overlooked you have any doubts because of it or you always had something in mind you know well these guys are not uh, paying much attention I'm going to work hard to show through my talents, through my personality, through the person I am, without having anybody outside talk about me. But I'm sure that I'm, I'm capable of uh, overcoming all this, you know, this circumstance to, to be playing the team. I think for me, once, once I hit 16, 17, 18 at an academy, the academy sieves who is good. Before, you can kind of mix, you know, you can be a bit, oh, let's get him in, see how he is. But once you get into the academy, you get sieved out very quickly because it's the, it's all about the best. Who's the yeah. best? And you get sieved out. And the ones who can't, who got in there by their friend or they're close to the coach and, you know, they're talking and they're, oh, that's fine. But once that two years is up, they get sieved out and the best ones go on. That's um, the best way. And that's the only way. And that's how it should be always, anyway. But I think for me, I learned a lot. I still feel the overlooked side. My hardship in, in life and growing up probably helped me overcome that and, and push on and keep on believing in myself. And that's the thing. You've got to believe in yourself. And I think my environment helped that. My mother and father, you know, how they brought me up, not wanting for too much and, and working hard and, and being honest with that and knowing how hard it is in life in the early age. I mean, that helped me to find me to keep on going because yeah. you can easily just fade away and accept what people are saying accept the cards you have been dealt with no i'm not going to do that i'm going to change my cards i'm not going to listen to you i'm going to work hard i'm going to change your viewpoint i'm going to start from the bottom i'm going to work past and then i'm going to work past you i'm going to i'm going to learn how to go around you if i can't go through you i'll go around you if i can't go around you i'll go under you you know that's how i that's how i'm going to think and uh, i've always had that attitude always find a way where yeah. Where you, you want to go, you, you know exactly what, where you want to, to go. You know, sometimes we don't know how, but we have to find a way when we face some, some difficulties. And uh, about uh, your family, your parents, you know, what's the impact 
of them on your life, in your career. You know, what, uh, when you, you see everything you have done, you see, wow, uh, my parents, you know, my family were important because of it. Now, how do you see the impact of them on your life or in your career? I wish my, my parents were there when I won the Premier League and things like that. I wish they were around. They, they, weren't, they weren't around to, to see that. They were around when I won the League Cup as captain for Tottenham. They were there then, but you know, they're, they're from a difficult background, from Jamaica. Very, very hard. Came, in, came over to England in the 60s. It was incredibly hard for them. The wind rush. They had, to, they had to start from the bottom and work the way and just work. They didn't work the way up to the top. They just worked. I think they really just worked to first get a house, you know, food. That was an accomplishment for them, to just get a house. For me, they're, they're incredibly people, human beings. You know, one was working at night, one was working in the day. It was difficult times, and, but still my mother found time for love for, you know, nine brothers, two sisters. My dad was typically Jamaican, really tough, you know, iron fist-like, no messing. But my mum had beautiful kind of demeanour and, and nature and, and loving. So there was a good balance. Make sure you, you know, stay in a straight and narrow. There's a lot of brothers around, so you can easily go off the rails if you, if you haven't got a bit of discipline. So it's a, it was, you know, in hindsight, it's probably a nice balance. But, you know, they, they instilled a lot in me, instilled the, the attitude, keep going. You're going to come against difficult kind of moments and you've got to get through it, somehow get through it, negotiate through it. And I was very good at that, you know, reflect and think about things and then go again. It, not, it doesn't always work, you know. Doesn't always work. Some of my brothers are is being difficult for them, but I've always been a thinker. Always been a thinker because I, you know, I was last in the house. There's, I can't speak uh, because everybody's shouting above me. You, you can't speak, then you think, you look, you get very good at uh, sussing people out, voice tones, body scenarios, and things like that. You become very good at reading people, and then and then that forced me to just go in the garden and play football by myself or in the streets. It was a nice balance, but my parents really instilled a lot in me and, and they are, you know, I have to say, you know, say thanks to them and because, you know, they, they, they went through a lot of stuff to, to try to at least make my life a little bit comfortable. Nice. Uh, interesting. Now, uh, when you said you weren't there most of the time, you know, it's, it, my, I had the same experience here because uh, I come from a very old village, you know, uh, to town. I had to start and play the capital in Belo Horizonte. Then my parents had to stay there. And we didn't have money, you know. They didn't have enough money to go there to see. For example, my first professional game, my parents weren't there. We were not there. But um, I always understood, you know. But uh, the principle they, they, they gave me, and the values of a human being, this were very important. You know, I can see when you say this, now I understand what I, the process I've been through and I was raised by them. All the principle, you know, your parents gave to you, my parents gave to you. This was important for us when we get to the football, you know, have the correct attitude, you know, for the game and towards people because we learn from home. And uh, this, you know, uh, we learn how to deal uh, with a lot of situations because we face a lot of pressure. How how to deal with the depression all the pressure from football and understanding now from this process yeah. of background to adapt to, to a new new environment. I think it's obviously the environment you're in, but also a little bit of, of yourself and the parents, how they are treating you. 
but also is something inside you as well because you have to have that intelligence not intelligence that you can spell you know 15 letter words and things like that and and started at Oxford and Cambridge, but natural life intelligence. Yeah. You know, a little bit of streetwise in there. But understanding that you don't know it, you can't explain it, but you just know it because you've been in that environment or you've been in something similar. And then you find the right balance that in your head and you feel, I've got to concentrate on this. Don't let that distract me. I just know this is the place or this is the thing I need to kind of master. I'm not going to allow anyone from outside or anything from outside to derail me. And that's something inside you that will stay inside and will lead you to the right path. Like, for instance, when I was on the streets, I have a mixture of friends and some of them are doing some interesting things, not not really good things. So I, they go to my school. So I'm like, right, I'm uh, out with them. out, And then it comes to a certain time when they're drifting off and they want to do something bad. Something inside me says, hmm, do you know what, lads? I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow at school. And they go on and I go home. That's the difference. That's the difference when you're kind of in football. I remember once, I'm not going to say where I was, but yeah. there was association. We were playing some games or away and they were looking at the next team the next day. It's a whole part of the team. But then some of the older ones, or some of the lads, they, they they had cars. And so they went for like a night out. I was thinking, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? And then I kind of, I put my kind of, uh, trousers on and then put my tracksuit on pretend I would just go to my car and then I actually drove to the place but then something said to me forget it so go back to the headquarters go back to the centre and leave it came back the next day at lunch one of the coaches said they said you know what yeah it's not worth it is it it's not really worth it so basically they saw me going out and saw me coming back but the guys obviously went out some of them went out and they came back late 99% of those ones that went out didn't make the squad only one guy made the squad because he was slightly older and they could they could just about look the other way with him. But everyone else didn't make the cut. That's the difference between at a young age at, you know, 17, do you want to do this and have enjoyment for one or two hours? Or do you want to do that and be in the beginning of your of what of a possibility of a wonderful career in football? That's the difference. Yeah. Like there was no comparison said, no, forget that. I don't want to know that. I want to see if I can make it in football. And that's the difference between a natural intelligence. You know, don't learn, you don't read in books. It's a natural intelligence. And it doesn't come through money or class or color. It just comes in your DNA and who you are. Yeah, just uh, there's many the situation, I understand. Yeah. Oh, natural. Do. Awareness, I, yeah. Yeah, awareness is, is very important. You know, because some things we want to do, but we, you know, the time we can't. Sometimes, yeah. you, you know, I, you, you want to do things, but uh, we have to understand the, you know, what we want to, to achieve. You know? And football is the same uh, to deal because the pressure uh, is not only about the game, but the environment itself. You know? As you were aware of it, okay, I want to go, go out. But listen, it's not going to work. I want to be a football player. You know? I have to stay in hotel. I have gone to plenty of time because. Uh, the place I, when I started professional, you know, I used to live in a house with among other players. On Saturday morning, I was not one of the, the, the main players. I just started in professional. But uh, some of the other guys, the same condition as me, we had to train in the morning. And in the afternoon, uh, I come back home after the train. I come back home and stay all the weekend there, listen to my meals, watch TV. I only see them. Next week on Monday, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. 
But uh, you know, it's like uh, I knew exactly what I want, you know, and uh, yeah. what I had to do, the kind of attitude to deal with these facilities of the world. But you know, I ask you a little bit of uh, gun, a little bit of oppression we face in our life because I, I want, before I move to something about Arsenal, I think this is it's great, you know, the great time we spend there. But uh, just you before, what was your overview from your time as uh, at Tottenham? Now the importance you had there, the land, the land, and the people, the important people for you were, you know, the kind of player or manager that you know gave you some tips that when you moved to Arsenal, you know, uh, that was a big move. Mm. Uh, everyone knows that. Yeah. You know, helps you to you growing up in your career and have a fantastic time there. I would say the people who helped me there was probably the manager, Ozzy Ardenas and Steve Perriman. They were the first managers who took me. I just won the under-18 uh, European Championship with, uh, with England. I was expecting to have a nice little holiday. And then I got a phone call saying, no, you've got to come in for pre-season. I said, well... I've only finished a week ago. I, I, I was I was looking for three weeks off, and then I had to join. I had to join the first team pre-season. Ozzy and Stevie P, Stevie Perman were, were fantastic. They love you know Ozzy Adidas was was an amazing player for Argentina and Tottenham, and Stevie P was a was a fantastic you know captain and for Tottenham as well. And I love the love young players and working with young players and seeing how much they can improve. And I used to go back to Tottenham and, and train at the ground with Stevie Perriman and I used to work on all sorts of things. And they love, they love players who, who want to learn. And you can see they, they were kind of seeing in their eyes the, the development of, of me as a footballer and working hard. Even though I got into the first team and I was playing for England, he's still coming back and training by himself and listening to me. You know, that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing that I was, I was doing that work ethic to, to get to the top. So, um, you know, it, Definitely those two. I think Gary Mabbott was a very good uh, guy. I used to watch Gary Mabbott. He used to be the captain of, of Tottenham and um, he, was, he was a diabetic. So back then, it was kind of hard to be a diabetic and play professional football. He really inspired me because I, I, I used to watch him and, and all the kind of things he had to do, uh, you know, half time or before time, he had to have a, have a needle and, and, and uh, place it in between his kind of midriff and, 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 and thigh to get, you know, get a reading. So you put the reading there. If it's too high or too low, he would have to maybe have a, I think a Diet Coke or Coca-Cola, I'm not too sure, to rebalance himself. And then he can go out and play. Half time, he had to do that again. So for me, he had like a 15 year plus career. You know, now it's so easy now to do it now. There's a lot more easier things to help you. But back then he was doing all himself, all himself and playing football. You know, so for me, and, and still a smile in his face as well. That, when I saw that, all those things he had to do and play football and still have a smile on his face and still be courteous, happy when you happy when you when you win and, and courteous, you know, when you lose or whatever. But he was he just kept it going. It was a gentleman at football. And that side really taught me how to kind of play football, but don't fool yourself. Don't be something you're not. Be be honest, be be truthful, be respectful. And he showed me a lot of of stuff. I used to watch him from afar, and as again, as I said before, I'm very observant. I do like to watch and, and see how people are, and I, I'm a sponge, and I take all that information in. So, uh, Gary Mabbott definitely was 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 good for me, and uh, Jerry Francis as well was amazing for me as well. He was the one who made me captain of Tottenham, so one of the youngest captains ever. 
So, you know, he, he put that bestowed on me. He said one day, so I'm, I, want, I, want, I want you to be captain. And I, I must have been like 22 or something like that. And I thought, oh, wow, that's a, that's, a, that's a big job. And he said, well, I'll give you 24 hours to think about it. So, okay, okay. So then I, um, I went back, went home that night, and I kind of really thought about it because I had to think about this. I had to think, well, the 30, there's 30 years old in the team, 30 plus, and I'm 22. Are they going to listen to me? Also, taking over uh, uh, the captaincy of someone who he was kind of playing but not fit all the time and blah, blah, blah. So what's he going to think if I take it off him? So all those things were kind of, you know, I had to mull those things over. And, you know, Jerry Farnsen was good to kind of bestow that and, and put that on my toes and say, look, do you want, do you want it? I'm giving it to you. Do you want it? Let me see Let me see who you are, Sol Campbell. Do you want it? And you know, I had all night and then I came back and I, and, and I slept in it and I said to myself, you know what, Sol? Go for it. Give it a go. The same thing when I was 14, when the uh, Craig Simmons said to me, just give it a go. See, all those things. So 14, now I'm 21, 22. Someone gives a captaincy. I'm not running away. I'm saying, you know what? Give it a go. And I give it a go and I'm not look, I haven't looked back since. So, you know, Jim Farson was great to, to help me at Tottenham. And there's, 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 there's other, other great people there as well. You know, most of them are gone now. But um, no, they're the ones really, you know, stick out my, uh, out my mind. Yeah. That's great. Fantastic, you know? It's great you know, when we have people that help us, especially when we are young in this environment. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, back then, sometimes it was quite brutal in some circumstances. But when we were young, get into the dress room, the other guys always, you know, sometimes laughing at us, shouting, hey, God, what are you doing? That's fucking quite brutal, you know? <laughs> You know, somehow it's the way they've learned in the past when they start. But uh, it's always important uh, when you have people that support us. You know, the same thing you had, you know, when you were 14 on Give It A Go, you had the same instruction. Mm-hmm. You, you kept going. And then you have you know, a big move to us, you know. And uh, in this process, you know, what what were your main challenges in this? Because you moved, you know, to the bigger rivals at North London. At the time, they weren't rivals. They were just, they were just, geographically, they were rivals. But they weren't rivals in, in football terms. So that wasn't, I think geographically, it was just rivalry. But I think the main thing is I came injured. I was injured. So, you know, I got injured on the last game. Last game, I actually got injured against Arsenal in the semi-final FA Cup that was played at Man United. So that was my last game of the game against Arsenal. So I had to get over that. And then the whole kind of scenario, it's such a long time ago, but in a nutshell, really, I had to kind of overcome and, and prove doubters wrong and then prove myself right. Prove myself right that I actually made football-wise. The move was, was, was great. And, you know, look back now, reflect back, it, it was the right move. And, and the, the things I, the, the football I played, the people I played with, the things I won, the experience that I had, the friends I made, the records that we broke together, you know, for football, I can I can feel, you know, totally at ease. I wish, you know, obviously, the Champions League was, uh, was the icing on the cake and it was so close, 10 minutes, and we had enough chances, to, we had enough chances to finish them off. And if VR was around, the first goal from Eto'o is no goals offside, but, you know, it's, it is what it is. But, uh, no, the first thing is really to, to kind of, I had to, I had to, I had to win. I had to win. I had to win. That, 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 that force, that attitude, I had to be so concentrated. I had to be laser concentrated on my, on my job. 
laser competition because everyone was. I remember everyone, you know, people people who didn't didn't know football just want, just wanted to see how it played out. Do you know what I mean? You know, yeah. people, you know, just oh, how's this going to play out this season? Is it going to win anything, or is it going to just fall in front of its face? But oh no, I didn't fall in front of its face. I you know, won the double, you know, FA Cup and the uh, and, and the and the Premier League. So you know, to top it off, it's just a beautiful thing. The double in your first year. There you go. Have some of that. You know, that's not bad. Um, so you, I had to prove a lot of people wrong and improve myself right basically nah that's good that's good you know what's uh, your memory you know from there because we had a uh, great team you now great people around us you now between us players because you know. when people ask me about uh, you know how I describe the musical team sometimes very easy sometimes very yeah. difficult difficult in yeah. terms of uh, they were very high quality in terms of the players themselves, the person, and sometimes you don't want to make mistakes. That's why yeah. I make mistakes. But some, on the other hand, it's very easy because the people and they were fantastic. What when when I look back, you know, see that the team that you play, the guys you play. What's your feeling about it? What an amazing bunch of human beings! What an amazing. I'm so privileged to be be a part of it. It's, 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 it's something that is so special. Only people who are in those kind of teams feel it. You know, we may not talk to every, or everybody, but we share that common feeling of, of brilliance, of hard work, of tenacity, of skill, of never say die, you know, of, of you know, challenging yourself, not only in games, but challenging yourself, you know, in training. It was a challenge in training. You know, if he did, if he wasn't on it, you get ripped apart in the eight v eight or ten v ten. You just get ripped apart, and then you have to kind of endure the you know Silver Wilton absolutely trying to rip you. Oh, look at that! Was you out there? Was you out there today? You know that kind of togetherness, that bliss of total kind of connection of quality players with with toughness at the same time. We're tough, but quality, skill, pace, power, intelligence, you know, uh, empathy, you know, understanding of the football so much, so highly kind of almost professor-like in football. But, you know, but everyone, one entity together. We were individuals, but one entity together going in the same direction. It was like a force, that you, a force of nature that you couldn't stop. And it was just so good to be in that, that moment. I will never forget. And the characters... And the interesting diversity of it as well, I just can't describe. You know, that was, it was just, it was touching to be a part of it. I will never forget that feeling uh, that I sh we shared, the wins, the losses as well, the conversations, the banter. Uh, it's such a special time to be involved with all those individuals from all around the world, but together in London, in North London, and making, making history special it's a special moment i think people now look back even when you look at the invincible time it's so special it's so special you look back now i want i want a cup Gigi. we've got to get a cup yeah. the only people got a cup is is the football club and arson we want everyone played in that invincible we want a cup i want a cup i want a cup give me a cup i want it because when you look back it's so special come on i want to see that cup every day when I walk into my into my study, I want to see that cup. 
I don't want to. I don't want to go to Arsenal. I don't want to go to uh, Arsenal. Can I look at that cup? I want one, my own one. Give me one. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone should have one. It's so special what we did there. I want one. Yeah, yeah. Let's make, let's make an appeal. Let's campaign, make... campaign. We want one. Because then when you when you look back, you see how difficult it is. Yeah. We broke a record that stood over a hundred years. Yes. Roberto. Over yeah. one hundred years. And there was only back then there was only twelve teams in the division and probably no one professional. We broke something that stood for a hundred years and it's only two cups. I want my own cup. I'll make some, uh, you know, rice on that thing. Honestly, we should. It's so special. We should have our own cup. Whoever took part of the squad, we should have our own cup. Yeah. It's so special. You know, this is the, this is the feeling when uh, people ask me about that, that time. Not only the team, but that time in general, you know, because the, the number of days we spent there was so special, you know, and then. Uh, the sense of you are in a family environment. Everyone take care of each other. You know, have the Austin, his stuff, you know, Boro, uh, Pat Wright, Gary Lillian, Colin, everyone, you know, Vic Akers, Paul, and guys, you know, from, from the gates, when they open up the gates for us, the street guards, everyone take care This was, you know, very special. But when people are, Ask me you know, about that team, how I describe it. I said, listen, that team, you know, is so special for me. We had like uh, in England, you know, uh, the quality of uh, our game was something different at that time. Mm. Very, very different is the football we played. But um, physically, we were very, very strong. Mm. Big guys, so comfortable. Patrick Vieira, myself, uh, I was not. It uh, shorter than them, but uh, not not very very little, you know. The other guys, but fast, uh, good, very good technique. Mm. That we most of the times I felt that we were much dangerous when we were defending. Yeah, because well, when we went when we went there to nine men as well. <laughs> we beat teams with nine men or or ten men, and like and we still win. Because, you know, there, the, the ability of uh, uh, deal with depression, with uh, everything against us, you know, uh, ability to understand each other and to know our main goal. The main yeah. goal, I want to win. We want to play, but next game, I want to win again. This made, I think, our time very special. And well, one, uh, thing, one thing I have to say, yeah. one thing which just stood out for me is that even with, like, say, Martin Keown and, and uh, you know, uh, Tony Adams and all those kind of guys who were there in the beginning and moved moved out after a while, uh, Ray Parle and all that. And then you've got, um, you got, obviously, Patrick and me and Colo coming in. And one thing is, and you and, and, and a few others, and one thing is, we're big, there was a, it was a big team, but the big guys can move. You know, that's the thing. You know, I was big, but I could move. I yeah. was, you know, I was big, but he can't move. But no, I can move. You know, Colin's big, but he can move. Even Martin Keogh, he's big, but he can move. You know, yeah. and, you know, for, for me, that was that was the difference. There were big guys who could move. Very yeah. quick, 
knew where they stood, knew, knew where they should be standing on the pitch. Not cumbersome, but could move and really, really quickly and can turn it and turn it off, turn it off, slow it down, quick it up, you know, turn left, right. That's the, the I feel that was a difference. We had big guys, always little guys could move and, you know, Robert Perez and Moonberg and, you know, Cherry. Cherry's tall. Dennis Bergkamp, big, but he can move. Do you know what I mean? That, yeah. that for me, was the difference. Big guys who can move. Yeah. And this, this is true. You are correct. Okay. And, yeah, this, uh, this feeling is something that uh, I, you know, I always think about. But um, football, uh, what's the thing you miss? Because after Arsenal, you went uh, to other clubs like Portsmouth. You had a good time at Portsmouth mm. as well. Yeah. Very important time. You made history there. And uh, then you moved to Newcastle. Let's see. I and then went back to Tottenham. I went back to Arsenal. And back to Arsenal again. Yeah. Very, very special as well to make all this move and then go back to the club where you have a lot of success. But uh, then, you know, what do you think you, you miss most? Uh, you know, I miss the big games. The big games. I know you have to work to get the big games and the big moments in football. But the big games, you know, uh, I do miss that. I miss the banter. Uh, I miss, I miss, you know, how life is simple as well in football. You, you either want it or you don't want it. If you don't want it, you get found out very quickly. Very, very quickly, you get sussed out very quickly if you're up for it or you're not up for it. And I quite, I kind of like that black and white in, in sports. You are up for it or you're not, or you, got take, or you get taken out. Obviously, it just takes you out. So I do miss that, uh, the big games and how football sieves out people who, who don't want to do it. Yeah. I like that. I think just sport in general, high-level sport, just sieves you out. If you want to do it, you crack on, you, 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 you go on. If you don't want to do it, you just get left, you get left behind. I, I, I kind of prefer that in a, in, a, in, a, in a funny way. I prefer that. It's quicker yeah. to find out. It's quicker to, I think football, it's quicker to find out who you, who, who's next to you, who's in front of you with attitude. And the difficult games, you find out if someone really wants it. It's very quick to suss people out in games. Do they really want it? When it's really, really pressure game, Time and time again, you you start to you may not, you not always like them as a person, but you can see, you can see the attitude if they really want it. I don't like him, but you know what? I got respect him. He's like he's top notch and he's done X Y Z. He's he's been in the trenches with me, you know, blah blah blah. He starts people out very very quickly. Sport is very good at that, and uh, I do miss that how it can sieve out attitudes. Yeah, uh, I also miss a lot of things, you know, but. Uh... The dressing room conversations always, yeah. you know, very where I learn a lot. And for me, it was very important when I I came to England uh, to learn the culture. Now I thought, you want to communicate with people. It was important to have you at the dressing room, the dressing room, Matt, Kian, Ray Paulo. Ray Paulo was the first person I've met, you know, the play, first player uh, in, in Austria with Dave Dean. He brought me, you know, I didn't understand anything, but uh, I tell people, even after a few years, I didn't understand him very well, but yeah. uh, he's a fantastic guy. It's hard to, even, look, I'm from England, it's hard for me to understand him sometimes. He's right on Cockney, I know he's from Romford, but he's right on Cockney, Cockney how he talks, but yeah. Uh, the dressing home, you know, is something that uh, I really miss, you know, this 
good conversation, talk about the game. And now I understand how things went on, learn about uh, each other. In our time, the pre-match games with Arsene, always learn something from him, you know. He has his particular way of seeing how he sees the game. And I've learned a lot from him. Um, to this, so that's one thing from Arsene that you really pick, you know, that you bring. Because now you are you are a manager, you are coach, you know, in this, this process. Yeah. What you learn from him or you know, the coach that you bring now for your new career? For me, I le I've learned from Arsene setting up timing of the system, the system, you know, a system to kind of play to. And yeah, you tweak it on the way, but you tweak it on the way, but have a good balance, good structure of, of how you want to play. I, I like how he, you know, he wanted to be always on the ground, playing quick football between the lines. I love that. I, I loved, I, you know, I, that's the way, that's the type of football I like to play. Quick football. Uh, the bigger the bigger the pitch, the better for me. Uh, and I like to move the ball around and keep the ball moving around. And, and he was really a big advocate. And he was one of the first to bring that in into the UK, that type of slick football. I don't know Barcelona took it on to another level, things like that, blah, blah, blah. He was one of the first to play that type of football. And I, I really, I, I've taken that away and implemented myself. But the, the clean lines and playing through the lines and, and on the ball, on the ground, I, I, I like that. You know, I, I've taken that and I've, and I've taken that on board. Oh, that's good. And um, what uh, is the, the difference and the similarities uh, you see uh, as a player and now as a manager? What's something you can put in balance or if everything is different, you know, not to compare? I do think more teams play quick football. You know, back in the days, there's only a few teams really playing quick football. We were definitely one of them. Man, not even one of them as well. You know, Chelsea was. There wasn't too many teams playing really, really quick football. I see a lot more teams doing that. But also, the one thing I'm seeing is, is um, there's so many gaps in the defence. There's so many gaps. People are more, they want to express themselves, but don't want to get back into shape quickly. And that's why I feel those centre forwards are having a really good time because that unit is not there or the understanding of getting back is more what I can do offensively but then in defense you know that it's a bit lacking and I see a lot of a lot of mistakes through through football uh, and people thinking well we make one mistake but we score two goals the other way I, I see that has a real has changed you know more offensive it's good I like it but not quick enough getting back into shape I see a lot of that I used to see that a lot lower down in divisions when I was playing, but I've, I see that a lot now in the Premier League. There is any any manager in the world or in the past or great manager, you you look at him and see, wow, this guy, now I, I've learned something when I see him play, or well, I learned from him when I see him speak, something that uh, you look I at. Think, I, think there's a, I think there's like, you know, for me, you know, there's Pep Guardiola, there's Arsene Wenger, there's, 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 you know, Alex Ferguson, when he was, how he did it, you know, I really in, enjoyed, you know, watching them from afar. You know, it's 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 a wonderful thing when, when managers, that there's Jose Marino in his own way, how he, you know, who's one of the first guys to really study each player and give the information to the, to the, uh, to his team. So like a little dossier, just do this against this guy. This he does ABC. Uh, you do the ABC this way, 
then you can counteract him. This is what you're going to expect. So he used to do that, like a little dossier on each player who more nine times at 10 came in, would come into your zone. So he's one of the first guys to do that. And I, I've kind of understood, you know, I've taken away some of it, analysing. Now a lot of people do analysing, you know, um, up and down the uh, country and really on it. So those kind of guys I admire because they've won things uh, and they've been repeat, uh, repeat kind of uh, champions in their own right. So, yeah, you, you take you take a little bit of, of, of these guys and you implement it into your own football style. What is this? Well, the last question, now I... I know. <laughs> but what is your, your goal as a manager? This is a journey for me. It's a journey. I want to be the best manager I can. I want to kind of see how far I can go uh, in, in, as a manager. I want to see how high I can go as well. I want to reach the top. I want to manage in the Premier League. I want to, even, I want to, even, I want to manage even a national team as well. Um, but I want to see how far I can go. I want to, you know, have that experience and, and I'm prepared to kind of do the work. I just want to kind of see how, how football can change me and how I can change football as well. I want to change football for the best for the future as well. If I can do that whilst I'm going up the ladder, that'd be great. If I can do that just by being successful, that's even better. So, um, you know, I want to see how far I can go. I'm, I'm passionate for football. I want to just get back in. To, I want a stable club that I can actually, I feel proud of and they feel proud of me. They get me and I want to do, I want to do the best for them. I'm waiting. I'm being patient. Uh, it's difficult sometimes because you don't know, have to wait and the, there's so many hurdles you've got to jump over to, to get a job and I'm prepared to do that. But I just want a fair chance, fair crack of the whip. Like, like some of my competitors and peers have had. I just want the same, give me the same game time and, and the quality uh, club as, as some of my peers. And see how I fare. Give me a chance, and, and don't don't listen to about the past. Listen, listen now about where I am now, as a, and where you are as a, as a as a manager. You're given, you know, guys have given chances. Give me a chance. I'm ready. I'm professional. I, I want it. I love football. I know how to run football clubs. I want to be successful wherever I go, and I'm I'm willing to kind of work, you know, day and night to achieve that. Oh, that's so. Well, my friends, I wish you all the best. For you and your managed career. Guys, yeah. you know, look at so. I know this guy, he's passionate for football. You know, he's a man that uh, can help you. You know, if uh, the way, you know, I very, have very good leadership. I'm sure uh, your time will come and I'll be here. Anywhere I am, yeah. you have me in mind that I'll be supporting my friends. You deserve. Best of luck to you and the family. And once again, thank you very much. You know, very yeah. kind. You now I could spend all, you know, all day long talk to you with a lot of story. But uh, hope to catch up soon, my friend. Yeah, thank you, Gigi. Thank you. Thank you, Gilberto. Thank you for, for having me on this. I can't wait to see it. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Yes. See you, Gigi.